All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday night edition to the Box Score Breakdown. I am Alan Srokey, joined this week by JC DeLeon. JC, how's it going? Uh, going very well. How's everyone doing out there? Hope everyone's having a good one tonight. Um, and uh, JC, this uh, is going to be your last show uh, on this block, uh, as it turns out, I don't know if, if we're ready to disclose where you'll be shifting to, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I've, I've been sort of co-hosting the Hootball Lakers pod. And, uh, so I think we're going to shift to uh, Hootball is sort of spreading out the content and just kind of creating more. And so, uh, the Hootball Lakers podcast is, uh, going to try to do post game recaps of every game. I think we're going to try to do mid 
either like early week previews of the week to come sort of thing. Uh, me and Ethan Noroff, sometimes he and I will both be on the pod together. Sometimes I'll be hosting a show solo, um, but there'll be a lot of uh, Lakers content. And on Twitter, you can follow us at HoopBallLakers. Great. Yeah, make sure you get you check them out. Some of the best at breaking down this Lakers team out there, and it is free content. So eat that up. Catch JC and Ethan on the Lakers podcast. And uh, for our other things, I'll be sticking with you, and we'll be joined next week by David Bracey. So um, still going to be getting you your Thursday shows, and it should be a good one. And tonight I'm still looking forward to the two of us getting through this four-game slate that we have here. Um, some interesting uh, selections for the TNT game, or at least the, the first one with the uh, Boston Celtics in the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I saw that, um, and my first thought was, like, why did they schedule this game? But then I'm like, oh, yeah, his, his first game back in Charlotte, I guess that makes sense. And I got to say, yeah, that, that's the only thing that this game had going for it. Um, I was trying to think of the last time that the Charlotte Hornets were ever on a TNT broadcast. Um, it's got to be like, I, w- I wish I did more research on this so I could pull up how many times they played on TNT in, like, the last, I don't know, 10 years. But this has got to be on the short list of regular season games. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And it went predictably. But before we get into that one, I just want to remind you guys that this is a Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation. They are our title sponsor for this podcast and all podcasts at hoopball.com. They check them out at their website, hawaiianisles.com. You can also search them up on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at HI Kona Coffee. That is H-I-K-O-N-A-C-O-F-F-E-E. So let's dive in to our first game here, the Celtics and the Hornets. We'll start with the Celtics side of things. In this one, they got Jalen Brown back after an extended absence with some mystery illness. Or maybe it's not a mystery. Maybe I'm just not sure if I saw that. Do you, you, you catch what the particular illness was? I didn't. I just saw that he had been out for... For a couple of games, I didn't really follow it that that closely. Yeah, so he, yeah, it, whatever it was, he you know kept him out for a little bit, but he was able to bounce back. Played 32 minutes in this game, so no need to ramp him back up to speed like we're seeing with most NBA players that are coming back from extended absences these days. He finished his night five of nine from the floor, 12 points, five boards, an assist, and a steal. And uh, I gotta say that J- that Jalen Brown's actually had a very good start to the season, which is a nice departure from where he was at the beginning of last year. Uh, you know, he, he was really struggling with his shot uh, to start the season last year, shooting below 40% from the field. This year, it's above. It's at 500. I think after this game, it'll be above 500. Um, and he, he, he really looks locked and loaded with this team. Um, it seems like he's got a good rapport with the other guys. Um, I think, you know, Kimba Walker... He is taking a Kyrie shots, but I, I feel like that they are letting Jalen Brown get his in this offense, and he's really made it happen so far. Yeah, I, yeah. A lot of people were curious that I mean, on on a surface level, Kimba is of course a, a bit of a step backwards from Kyrie, but I think in how positively Kemba is going to affect the rest of this team, that's only going to serve them better. And uh, Gordon Hayward appears to finally be be back to his old self, at least at the start of the season. Um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people forget that with the type of injury he had to, to me, it's different from like an ACL or something with a ligament like that. And I think a broken bone 
is a really like traumatic thing. And to me, I think physically a broken bone comes back stronger than, than, than a torn tendon does. But psychologically, I feel like that damage is kind of always there. And so, you know, it took Paul George a while to be, for him to, to go back to being the way, you know, he was and Gordon Hayward, he seems to have adjusted his game to where now he's no longer as explosive and slashing to the basket as much as he used to. But he, I mean, he's, he, he seems to be back and that's, that's good. Definitely. I mean, he looks so much better this year than he did last year. And I think you're totally right that with an, with an injury that traumatic, it's going to change how you play the game. It's going to tr- it's going to change how you trust yourself doing some of the basic things like pivots and like, you know, driving to the hoop. You're just kind of like in the back of your head worried about dropping on like an ankle and not someone else's ankle and the damage you could do there. But Gordon Hayward looks confident this season. He has been a top 25 player heading into tonight's game, um, which like, you know, to, so we don't get too ahead of ourselves. That is not going to be an all season thing with Hayward. There's definitely going to be a regression in terms of his fantasy value, mm-hmm. but I think that he, I mean, the way the confidence that he's playing with, uh, I think that the confidence that this team and Brad Stevens instill in him, he is going to be a guy that will beat his average draft position this year. He will be a value for those who took him, both in head-to-head and nine-cat, and he's been one of the the nicer surprises of the early season. Yeah, for sure. Um, elsewhere on the Celtics box score, uh, Kimba Walker, who we mentioned, this was his return to Charlotte for, I think it, it sure did look like a near sold out crowd in Charlotte, probably the only, one of the only ones they'll see this year, aside from when the Lakers and Clippers will head into town. Um, but Kimba, you know, I think he had that, the, the jitters of being back. He only shot four or 12 from the field for 14 points. He had six assists, two rebounds and a steal. He's been a guy, though, that has been playing fantastic with this new team, and there's not really much to add uh, aside from that. I mean, you got him, you start him, and you you, you will love the results that you'll be getting with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, over, uh, on, over on Charlotte's side, um, man, Charlotte is going to regret for a really long time uh, letting Kimba go and signing Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is just off to a terrible start this season and had another terrible game tonight. He's just I, – he had that stretch run in Boston like two years ago and has just never really been the same player since. And, and he hasn't really had a lot of injuries. Like I don't really know what's going on with him. I mean, it's it's just rough. I mean, it's what – the warning signs were all, were there all off season that this guy is high volume. He's never shot above 40%. He is not the greatest ball. He's not great at keeping the ball uh, in his hands. He turns it over a bunch. And this was by far his worst game so far as a Hornet. He's been passable so far. Uh, On on the season up to to this game, he had been ranked 113. That's going to drop with a 1 of 11 shooting performance tonight. Three rebounds, two assists, four turnovers. Just yuck. There's very little to take away from this. Um, The only positive that he's got going for him. And if you can call it that is that Devonte Graham is uh, not taking his job entirely. It, it, they, James Borrego seems committed uh, probably because he has to, because of all the money they're giving Rogier that he's committed to playing these two heavy minutes. And Devonte Graham is just one of the few bright spots on this team this year. Uh, he had an okay game off the bench. Shooting was pretty bad. Five of 14 from the field. Missed a couple of free throws, too, but he got you 15 points, nine assists, four rebounds, two steals uh, with two turnovers in 30 minutes. He's one of the only guys you can trust on this team on a night-to-night basis. Um, 
JC, what else do you see from this team that, I mean, you see any potential, anything to grow? Not really. I mean, other than, I mean, they're going to try to develop uh, Devontae Graham, like you said. Uh, I think I think they, at some point, will have to start to really heavily invest in their young guys and letting them develop, like guys like Dwayne Bacon, um, P.J. Washington, and stuff like that, and Bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as they're paying Rozier, you can't really cut bait on him, but at some point... Yeah, you've got to let your young guys develop, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't see a long-term future with Rozier uh, in Charlotte's plans. At least not the way he's starting this season. No, and he, he's really rough to own too. I unfortunately, and I won't spend too long on my own fantasy team, but I have him in a spot. And <laughs> God, what I don't know what I was thinking. It was one of the last pick. It, it was down to the last second on that pick, and I figured I had enough on this team to sort of withstand his his shortcomings. Um, but it, it's super hard to come over, up, uh, overcome that one for 11 shot. Uh, but, uh, the other bright spot from tonight, I guess, was Miles Bridges, who had an 18 and 10 double double with not much else. He had a couple of threes and a block. Um, but he also had four turnovers. And he's just, he's really struggled out the gate, um, at least in terms of fantasy. He's 100, ranked 178 on the year. Uh, he, he's going to get better. But I am going to have a hard time believing, not believing. It's just it doesn't. The returns so far don't look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he will be able to fall, get within, uh, get past the average draft position he was taken at, which is around mid seventies to low eighties. Um, it's it's been a rough go of things for him, and I think that the the lack of uh, options, both on the inside and from like his starting point guard, he, he's not. A lot of people aren't really able to help get him the ball, which kind of forces him to a lot of bad shots. Mm-hmm. And you know the defensive stats just haven't been there so far, but yeah. that's that's pretty much a wrap on that game. Um, not much in the form of a pickup. There's uh, no one here on your white waiver wire that is really worth a pickup. So we'll just keep moving right along to our yeah. next game on the night, which was uh, Oklahoma City and San Antonio. Uh, you want to take a uh, you? What do you what do you see first off from the Thunder uh, with this box score? What stands out to you? Uh, let's see. So we got Gallinari with twenty seven points, uh, only one turnover, only one turnover, but he made five threes. So that's really good. Five out of his seven field goals were threes. Gave you five rebounds, two steals. Uh, so a pretty good all around game for Gallinari. Um, Oklahoma City is going to be kind of one of those teams where. Chris Paul's a little bit up there in age, so he he can't rely on him every night to be the guy. And so I think every night they might have different guys kind of take over. He also had twenty point twenty one out of uh, Shea Gilgis uh, Alexander, and um, yeah, he didn't make any threes, but twenty one points overall. Chris Paul gave you nineteen five assists and two rebounds, only one turnover. He made two threes, so pretty good effort from the starting lineup. Uh, Schroeder gave you 11 off the bench with 9 assists, so that's a nice little bump bump for him off the bench in only 27 minutes. Um, but yeah, it's a nice all-around balanced effort for, for Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Yeah, uh, the Gallinari line is, you know, when you look at that efficiency, the 7 out of 10 and the 8 out of 9 free throws, those are big boosts to your team, um, which is all, this his wheelhouse, that's what he does. So, I mean, you love the returns on that. You love what you've gotten from him so far on the season. Uh, and yeah, the the uh, uh, to your Chris Paul point, you know, this team has really 
they have three lead guards or three guys who have been lead guards. I mean, in, through at points in their career, sort of handling the floor together. And I think that does take some pressure off Paul. Um, and you're, you're seeing as he's getting more adjusted to his teammates, he, his, start, his shooting is coming up. His assists to turnover ratio is getting better. Tonight was very much uh, the case of that with only one turnover as opposed to five assists, 500 shooting from the floor. Um, he's looking pretty good so far and he's not missed any time. I don't think that there's a, you know, we, we haven't really heard Billy Donovan speak much on this whole load management thing that, you know, I don't know if you've heard of it. Load management's all the craze right now in oh, the yeah. NBA. Uh, <laughs> um, you haven't heard much of him talking about uh, resting Paul, at least nothing that I've seen. I think that the assumption with Chris is that he is just going to miss time because that's just what's going to happen. He, he's off injured. He doesn't really make it through seasons without getting injured. But I mean, I don't know. So far, he looks healthy. He looks. Uh, he looks. He's looking better with every game. So I mean, uh, keep riding him right now while he while he's getting out there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he got a bad rap on his way out of Houston because um, there was two years ago when it seemed like Houston had Golden State on the ropes, and then Chris Paul um, injured his hamstring. Uh-huh. It seems like ever since then he. He seems to have taken the LeBron route and like he researched why he had bad, ham- bad hamstrings and researched how he could train so that could to you know to help prevent that sort of thing and and I, and I feel like the last season just because he's an age he probably he probably did rest some games didn't play back to backs that sort of thing but yeah I feel like even at this uh, advanced age he's sort of tackled the injury bug a little bit and so yeah I think I think he got a little bit of a bad rap last season. Yeah, well, I mean, the returns have been great so far, and hopefully, he, he's able to continue, you know, that all that research about his body and keeping those hands healthy. Hopefully, that translates to the season because if it does, then everyone who took him where they did probably got a tremendous steal. Um, yeah. Stephen Adams in this one, by the way, he uh, played twenty-seven minutes, he had ten points, five rebounds, three assists, with five or six shooting from the floor. And missed all four of his free throws, which is not great. Um, just bringing him up because he's had a pretty uncharacteristically rough start to the year. I don't think you know, you know, he had that knee injury, but before he did, he was he's shooting below forty percent from the field, if you can believe that. I mean, this guy is one of the most efficient players in the league, and I mean, he's been just awful this year. He has not his offense has been evaporated. Uh, I haven't. For, this is one of the teams I haven't really seen play much this season, so I can't really say what the issue was before the injury. Maybe he was playing hurt, but uh, I think it's a welcome sign to see him at least hitting his his shots from the floor. The, the free throws is always going to be a huge issue, but you know, yeah, you want to you want to see this guy hit his shots from the floor. Yeah, one of the things I think people anticipated. Uh him playing without Russell Westbrook is uh, his rebounds would go up and they did his first career. He would only average seven rebounds a game, which for a seven foot center is kind of odd. Um, yeah. And, and yes, to start so far, small sample size, but this year his rebounds are almost 12. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, dealing with a little bit of a nagging knee injury that might, uh, might've affected him tonight, but yeah, he's, uh, he's maybe not quite as reliable a score as he used to, but I think he's going to give you more rebounds than he ever did. That's true, and that's we have seen that, and that's probably going to be the case all season long. Um, you know, he's really going to be trusted to do most of the board work, and you know, 
he's not getting a lot of competition from the other forwards. Uh, Gallo can get his rebounds, but it's not like he's a bruiser out there. He's not going to be grabbing them away from guys like you know Westbrook was. So good signs on the field goal percentage. If that starts normalizing, Steven Adams will get uh, far closer to where people took him uh, instead of the outside the top 300 players that he's currently ranked at. That just t- shows you what happens to this guy when his insane field goal percentage disappears. Also, the defensive stats have been kind of low this year for him. So that's going to hopefully take a bump up soon. Uh, on the Spurs side of things in this one, a huge game from LaMarcus Aldridge. He put up 39 points on 19 of 23 shooting, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. He is, I mean, that, that's just the kind of games that he, he'll give you from time to time. He's been a little quiet in his last couple against the Lakers and the Hawks. So you knew that something big was kind of coming from him soon, and here it was. I mean, this is a fantastic line, perhaps the line of the night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the thing with the Spurs is, you know, if you were to look at them on a night-to-night basis, which I often do because I'm a DFS guy, um, it's hard to know who's really going to emerge night-to-night for the Spurs and, like, I've I've kind of gone away from trying to guess because the last couple of times I guessed Lamarcus Aldridge he had ho hum games and then tonight yeah. tonight I didn't play DFS and he exploded for thirty nine, <laughs> um, and like I probably wouldn't have picked him anyway because because he's, he's burned me the last couple of times and so like I would have gotten burned anyway, um yeah the thing about this Spurs team is is it very typical of of Greg Popovich is is they their their minutes are pretty pretty much evenly spread all throughout. The contributions are going to be pretty much spread all throughout. Um, the three constants do seem to be, um, you know, Lamarcus, uh, Demar. He's not sh- he's not hitting as many threes as he used to. He's not shooting as many threes as he used to. Um, I think he's developed into a little bit more all around game. He's not scoring quite as much as he used to, but I think he's getting more assists, and more rebounds. But Dejounte Murray is is playing really well. Dejounte Murray is playing very well, and on a minutes limit. Uh, he, he's not getting above 25 to 26 on most nights. And tonight he put up a triple-double, near triple-double, sorry, 17 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds. Um, to your DeMar point, yeah, yeah he, he's definitely, I think he's definitely adapted his game, really suited his strong suits to the spur style of play, which is not really, you know, he, he takes a lot of mid-range shots, He but he, he gets the ball to other guys and, uh, the, the thing with him that sort of kept him outside his normal value this year is his turnover barks, as well as his uncharacteristically low-ish, it's lower than usual free throw percentage. He's shooting 77%. He's usually above 80%, so that will bump up and help his value. The turnovers, which are at 3.7 a, a game right now, that's obviously – I'd be surprised if that stuck throughout the year, and that's really keeping – that's really holding him back right now. Those are probably going to come down. Didn't really happen tonight. He had three, but that's a, a work in progress. Um, and uh, one thing before we leave on the Murray note, uh, keep switching back and forth here. But Dejounte Murray is got a min- that minutes limit is going to come up sometime within the next couple of weeks. And when that happens, uh, people who own Derek White uh, are probably going to have to think real hard about how long they want to hold on to him because he's barely cracking twenty over twenty minutes at night. Uh, as it is now and when Murray's getting those five extra minutes it's just gonna be all the harder for him and uh, he's definitely the kind of guy that you shouldn't get too attached to if you have him on your team oh yeah absolutely yeah 
Um, yeah, so uh, is there any other uh, notes that you have on the Spurs before we move on to our, our next game here? Uh, no, I think that covers it. All right. Well, before we get to our last two games on the night, I just wanted to remind you guys of another one of our sponsors here, mybookie.ag. The game, you know what makes the games more fun? When you put a couple of dollars on them. Place your next bet at mybookie.ag, our online betting partner here at hoopball.com. Go sign up for our new account and use the promo code TODAY. That's T-O-D-A-Y, TODAY. MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Head there now. Again, that is mybookie.ag with the promo code T-O-D-A-Y, TODAY. All right. So, final games on the night. We jump over to Phoenix who has been the darling of the young NBA season thus far. No one can believe what's happening there. No one no one can believe that Aaron Baines is going to make an all-star team at this rate. Uh, it's just what they've done without DeAndre Ayton is nothing short of incredible. I mean, can you think of a bigger story this year? No, it's definitely one of the – I mean, this is an interesting game too because I think the Miami Heat have also been a big surprise. But, uh, no, I think people expected Phoenix to be really terrible. And, uh, yeah, to start out 3-1 um, and one at home, 5-2 and two overall. They, they've beaten the Clippers. They've beaten uh, – I think they beat one other really good team. Uh, yeah, it's been surprising. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's in a way it shouldn't be as surprising. Like, they – when you compare their roster last year to like compare the roster this year, I think now they've got like legit NBA players and like Ricky Rubio, never been a great shooter, but I think he's he's always a super effective uh, point guard. Saric is a guy who um, who I've liked before. Kelly Oubre is, is he's an up and coming superstar, and then of course Devin Booker, who's going to be one of the best players in the league. Yeah, it helps when you've got a roster full of NBA players and not not G leaguers. <laughs> yeah, and you know. It, it, they, they really, it, I think they were, a lot of people gave them some flack for looking towards more established NBA players than sort of leaning into the rebuilding nature of their team. Mm-hmm. You know, people were really criticizing the fact that they went after guys like Dario Saric and Aaron Baines and uh, Frank Kaminsky, just these guys who, and Ricky Rubio, uh, bless me forget, the uh, big one there. All these guys have been in the league for at least a few years now. Don't necessarily fit the timeline of youth that this Phoenix Suns team should be at. People expected them to be a bottom seller team, but I mean, they're you know they, they could be one of those teams that drop off, have a great start, and then drop off as things go on, like the Grizzlies last year. But right now, this team looks like they could compete for a playoff spot. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially when you got to consider to to look at the eight teams who were in last year and versus who's probably going to get in this year. And so like the Lakers are going to replace somebody from last year. The Warriors aren't going to be in the playoffs. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people were really high in the Sacramento Kings team. I never was, I was not convinced from the start that they were going to be good. And so, yeah, I think, I think Phoenix could, could be up there. Yeah. Well, they didn't win tonight's game though. Miami coming off of a pretty brutal loss in Denver the other night. They came out firing in this one. Um, Jimmy Butler, sorry, Jimmy Butler came out firing in this one. The man shot 11 of 16 from the floor, a perfect 10 for 10 from the free throw line, in route to 34 points, five rebounds, and four assists. Uh, Bam Adebayo had a much better game than he did last, a much, much better game than he had uh, against Denver. He had 15 points on six of nine shooting. 
10 rebounds, six assists, and six defensive stats, five of which were steals. Very big game from uh, Adebayo, who definitely looks like he's the clear number two on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not worried about Adebayo uh, at all, nor should anyone. Um, he he's going to he looks like he's going to finish right around where people took him, which is nice. Uh, I think a lot of people here at Hoopball who were on to him, who saw this sort of season coming from him, like as the off season was beginning last year. We're very disappointed to see him being drafted in like the middle fourth to early fifth round. Uh, kind of sapped him of all that value we could have potentially gotten from him. But he looks like he, if you did take him there, he will be just fine. Yeah, I could see how he'd be a steal for somebody because, um, yeah, he's not going to share, obviously not sharing minutes with, with Whiteside this year. And so that's only going to serve to help him. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, Miami absolutely made the right move to make that switch, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to Whiteside in a little bit here once we get to our last game of the night. Um, but for the, for the Heat, uh, they've been one of the more interesting fantasy teams on the season from a, fa- a waiver wire perspective. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, who started the year off on a torrent pace, the undrafted rookie point guard, he, he's fallen back to earth in our last few – we're seeing here in these last few games. Uh, you know, he had a huge 28-point outing against the Hawks. But since then, it's been, you know, the scoring has has sort of fallen off. And without that, he doesn't really give you a lot of peripheral stats. In his last three games, he's put up five points, 11 and 11. Uh, Shooting was pretty poor in those two uh, before. Tonight, it was okay, but he just doesn't give you anything else. He had no assist, no no steals, only two rebounds and a block with one three-pointer. He's now uh, he's gone from the 25th ranked player all the way to the 55th, and that's going to continue to drop. You should not drop Kendrick Nunn, though. Uh, not yet. Uh, I'm not convinced that this is a guy that I think we. Are, it's not a controversial statement to say that he was not going to be an early round pick mm-hmm. on the season, but he does have this starting role pretty locked down he the only thing he has going against him is with goran Dragic having a great night like he did tonight can sort of take a lot of time away from him but he he's going to get the first shot at minutes every night you want a starting point guard of that caliber on your team i still think he can give you top 100 value of course you know he's an undrafted rookie the wheels could fall off this thing you know a month from now but i don't think after three games in a row i think you should be a little patient don't get crazy and drop him because he could turn around and have another great game and then you'll really regret that yeah absolutely i think uh and, and i mentioned the thing with goran dragic is uh the way the heat has sort of uh kind of outsmarted the rest of the league and finding diamonds in the rough and kendrick Nunn and tyler hero i think they'll yeah. try to showcase dragic at some point to show that he still has a ton of value and and that's probably going to be closer to February. They'll probably hold on to him until the trading deadline, but you never know. They might be trying to make a move sooner. Um, yeah. The the Miami Heat picture is going to be incomplete for a while because even though he's been welcomed back to the team, Deion Wader still hasn't played, and you don't really know what's going to go on with, with that either if they're going to try, to try to move him and see what they can get back and that sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's a great point about Drogic um, because – he was already not long for this team. You, we, if you recall, when the Jimmy Butler sign-and-trade initially happened, uh, Miami was trying to move salary around, and they were actually trying to ship him and Kelly Olenek out of town to Dallas in mm-hmm. sort of a salary dump sort of move. So we already know that they're looking 
to uh, offload him. I, I think it actually ended up working way better for them because in that scenario, they were actually going to keep, I think they were going to keep Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. Uh, that would not have been great for Van Adebayo. Uh, it wouldn't have really been great for the team culture, frankly, uh, based off of all the stories you've heard about his relationship with the, tra- with the training staff there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think he's absolutely one of those candidates who the Heat are going to want to showcase. And if he's feeling it, they're going to have no problems letting him loose, showing what he can do. And, yeah, and so yeah. I mean, yeah, this, there could be, there could conceivably be a scenario in which um, Miami parts with all three Dragic, Waiters, and Olenek in order to get like one really good piece back, or possibly two good pieces. So you never know. Never know. And that's actually a good segue to the last part about this. I know we're spending a good amount of time on the heat here, but there are a few players that are important to touch on. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the bulk of power forward minutes, or I'm sorry, the bulk of power forwards taking these minutes is kind of a storyline with this team all the time. We know that Eric Spolstra has a love affair with James Johnson, loves getting him out there. We He never likes starting Kelly Olenek. And uh, his new shiny toy, Myers Leonard, who has been – uh, one of the better fantasy pickups or one of the more interesting fantasy pickups over the last couple of weeks. Uh, these three are all taking minutes away from each other. And Myers Leonard really felt the brunt of that tonight. He only saw 13 minutes of playing time, only six points and nothing else. They were both three pointers. Yeah. It looks uh, like he was in foul trouble because he had four fouls in those 13 minutes. That's true. That's a good point. Um, let, the, the, he did get into some foul trouble tonight, so that definitely played a role here. But it does. I mean, you, you look. I mean, James Johnson got 15. Kelly Olynyk got 24. Duncan Robinson, who's not playing power forward, but he is taking up a lot of forward minutes. He saw 28. There's just and Derek Jones Jr. also saw nine, but he got injured uh, after. You know, I think he went out with a with a hip thing. So he will wait for his report uh, update on that. Um, you know, there's just so there's too many minutes to go around at that power forward spot. And Myers Leonard is a guy who has a lot of standard league uh, intrigue because of the stat set, because he doesn't need a lot of usage to really uh, maximize his strengths, which is three point shooting, some defensive stats, uh, efficiency from the floor and from the line. He can do a lot of those things, but he needs the playing time. He needs to stay out of foul trouble to get that playing time. Mm-hmm. But really, as long as James Johnson and Kelly Olenek are both healthy, it's it's going to be a struggle for him to get consistent minutes to be of that worth owning threshold. Um, I say if you picked him up, he's still a hold for right now. Um, I, I can imagine a lot of teams are going to start dropping him after this one. I'm not going to say run to your wire to go pick him up if that's the case, but he's still starting. He's still like Kendrick Nunn. He'll get the first crack at minutes. He's still worth holding on to until we can see maybe uh, more consistency develop now with James Johnson back into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of Miami heat talk, but uh, we, the Suns are pretty simple so we can get through them pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Baines monster game again from the floor. He, he led the team in shot attempts with 17 hit 10 of them hit a three pointer with 23 points, four rebounds and an assist and no defensive stats. And that's on the low side for him. As of late, he has been nuts. Uh, he is play, He's a total sell-high candidate right now because no matter what Phoenix decides to do once DeAndre Aiden's back into the fold, I think Baines has proven that he should be playing in the mid, at least twenty to twenty, somewhere to twenty-five minutes a night uh, oh, yeah. with this level of production. 
Uh, he's number 33 on the season. Uh, th- this is a high watermark. It, it, this is. I know uh, DeAndre Ayton is still going to be till early to mid-December until he's back. And I know that Baines, he is playing at an early round value, and there's no reason he shouldn't. But if you can get yourself a guy who will be able to give you something close to that, like top 40 value for the rest of the season, that's a move that is worth taking. Um, I guess, you know, no, just just think, keep that in mind with Aaron Baines because we all know as fun as this is, and I have him in a spot, and boy, am I having fun with it. There's going to come a time where you're going to need to load off of him. So just keep that in mind. But for now, let the good times roll with him. Uh, elsewhere, Ricky Rubio, another great line out of him, 11 points, 11 rebounds, six assists in a steal. He also hit a three. Uh, he is a guy who looks like he's going to uh, overcome his ADP this season. He's been very steady for this team. He's really unlocked a new level for them on offense, like you mentioned at the top of this segment. And he, he's these near triple double lines are going to be a consistent for him all year long. And uh, yeah. And then Devin Booker chipped in 22 points, six of 13 with five assists and three rebounds. Very Devin Booker line. Uh, you have him keep rolling them out there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm. Cool. No, no problem. <laughs> and yeah, so that's, that's really all there is there. Uh, no, no, nothing in terms of pickups. Uh, I guess McCall Bridges was kind of an interesting name because he's been playing more time and he just didn't get any defensive stats tonight. I'm going to need to see, personally, I think I'm going to need to see more playing time out of him to get those defensive numbers that he needs to have fantasy value before I think about starting him in my lineups. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on here to our final game of the night, and it's a close one. Uh, It's not yet over. We have five minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Trailblazers LA Clippers game. The score at the moment is not, uh, Blazers 90, Clippers 88. Uh, why don't we uh, start with the Clippers uh, in this one? Yeah, so Clippers, um, I think the story with them is, despite Kawhi Leonard and how good of a player he is, um, I think you're going to see always, you're going to pretty much always see a really balanced attack from, from them. And so, like tonight, Kawhi's got 15, but Patrick Patterson's got. Or no, Zubac has 15, and Kawhi's got 17 to lead the way. But no, actually, Lou Williams is leading the way off the bench. Surprise, surprise, with 19. Uh, so he's got 19 points, 8 assists off the bench with 2 rebounds. Does Lou Williams and Kawhi. 10 rebounds, only 3 assists. You're never going to get a lot of assists out of him, but he's got 2 blocks and hasn't made any 3s. And then Zubac's pretty good game with 15 points and 13 rebounds. Um... Jeff Green giving you, uh, or Michael Green giving you a, a unusual game, 10 rebounds and <laughs> almost nothing else. Um, but, yeah, overall a really balanced attack from the Clippers, and I think that's that's going to be kind of their story all season. Yeah, that's the shtick I'm expecting. Um, you know, Patrick Beverly had a giant game yesterday. With, like, he put up a 20-10 and 10 double-double, not the 10 you'd expect. He had rebounds, not assists. Uh, he fell back to earth, which is very predictable with Kawhi back in the fold. He only has two points, one of five shooting, with four assists and three rebounds, and a steal and a block. He is what he is as a fantasy asset. Um, very uh, low-end kind of guy. He has not been worth owning so far this season. Uh, I think Beverly is the kind of guy that sort of gets it going as the year goes on. Um, I don't really have a problem, though, if you 
feel like you just can't hold on to him for the time being. It's going to probably be a while before he hits that standard league value. But, you know, just keep him in mind. He, he is a guy who's going to help you out a lot with out-of-position rebounds and steals and blocks and three-pointers um, as the season goes on. Uh, the Zubach thing is nuts. He's only played 20 minutes, and I, 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 he's – it's this is a crazy stat per 36 when you filter all fantasy player all fantasy players who have played a minimum of 10 minutes a game per 36 you here here's the list of the best players in the nba kyrie irving number one joel mb at two carl anthony towns at three uh, i'm not going to count ayton because he played one game nor will i count gorgie dang because uh, he's only played three but then so it goes towns then Kawhi leonard then james harden and then evicia zubac <laughs> he he is he, he's playing at a crazy he's just collecting stats at a crazy level for the minutes that he's getting out there tonight is one of those games but he's just never going to get over that minute threshold it just it just never seems like no matter how well he plays and tonight is debatably his best game of the year I don't, in fact i don't even think it's a debate it probably is yeah uh he's he's still you know Montrez Harrell has still got four minutes on him, and it's likely that he's going to continue. He's, he's, I feel like Har- I'm not. I don't have the game on right now, but I'm pretty sure Harrell's closing out right now, as he tends to. And God, it, I know that Zuba. I guess it's just you, you know, it maybe it's like a Boban Marjanovic thing where you just assume that he can't play. His conditioning won't allow him to play more than that, and he's just a, a permanent beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, he's definitely a guy that I, I think you should own in your fantasy leagues. Yeah, definitely in head-to-head. When he can give you stuff like this on a night-to-night, I mean, you'll take this any day. I mean, th- this is a fantastic line. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll never understand how, how the Lakers traded him for – I mean, if they were – I understand, like, minutes might have been hard to find with with uh, Tyson Chandler and uh, JaVale McGee last year. But, I mean, they traded him the Clippers for Mike Muscala. And, like, yeah, Muscala isn't anywhere – isn't – I don't even know if he's still in the league anymore. Um, and, yeah, Zubats is still <laughs> – is still playing really well and and yeah, Muscala's he, with the Thunder, by the way. Sorry, okay. I just want to give a shout out to my boy. <laughs> um, and then and yeah, you bring up a really good point. If uh, he's not able to find the minutes in crunch time, and the Clippers obviously have a really good team, and so yeah, they may they may try to flip him, and I'm sure they can flip him for something better than Tim Muscala. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, so I, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so that's pretty much it on the Clippers side of things. Uh, quickly jump over to the Blazers here. Uh, checking back in with the game, it's now 93-92 with three minutes to play. Uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are having identi- almost nearly identical scoring nights uh, at the moment. They uh, both have 22 points. Dame has taken 20 shots. C.J. has taken 22, and they have both made nine of those shots. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is... Looks like he's going to hit about – he's close to 20 rebounds mm-hmm. in this game. 12 points, two blocks, very Hassan Whiteside numbers, and he's not killing you from the free throw line. Instead, he's actually killing you from the floor. He's 5 of 16. Yeah, I saw uh, that That just kind of jumped out at me. Like, if he's going to – I mean, man, a guy like him, if he's getting 16 shots, like, you got to figure he should at least be making eight or nine of them. And Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's very – uncharacteristic of him uh, it's usually the reverse story with his percentages i guess it's just Vince Zubach is too much for him to handle uh in the paint tonight uh because yeah that's just uh, that's it's beyond the pale with him that that's probably going to switch around in his next game 
And, I mean, elsewhere, man, this Blazers team is just – it's just thin right now. There's very little substance beyond Dame, CJ, and Whiteside. Uh, Rodney Hood is a guy who's had a few games that he, he's looked good. He's scored the ball well. But he's they're playing him out of position a lot because they are struggling with injuries right now. He's having a poor shooting game. To, I mean, he's just having a poor game all around, not even a poor shooting game. Just three points on four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He, I feel like you could do better. He's not my favorite guy in either format. Um, Kent Bazemore, he, you love his stats. Uh, he's definitely a hoop ball guy, but he, he's only seeing 13 minutes tonight. He, his role, he, he's not he's, of the wings that are seeing minutes at the four. He's not big enough to get any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just, he's not really, he's just not able to find a rhythm with this team and, and he's not worth owning either right now. Mario Hazonia, who's taken on a lot of power forward minutes with, uh, Zach Collins going down. He is having a horrible shooting night. One of nine from the field, two points and five rebounds. And that's it. He's not worth owning. There's just, this Blazers team is empty. Um, there, it, it is a rough go of things for them right now, and you know they. I think they're my leading candidate to make a trade, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps before, well before the trade deadline, because I don't know how much longer they can go without any big guys on their roster outside of Whiteside. Because th- this is just you, you can't get away with playing Scal Labissier twenty minutes a night and be a playoff team in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it just seems like they're a piece away from, from being, I mean, I don't think, I don't, I don't think anything will really kind of get them to that championship level, but they, they've been so close for so long. They, yeah, they've got to make a trade at some point. And, but yeah, I think, I think you're seeing disappointing numbers. I think a lot of people, when Hazonia first came in the league, kind of saw a lot of potential in him that he's never really, um, achieved, Tonight, he had nine shots, only hit one of them, played 24 minutes. Like, he's getting plenty, he's going to get plenty of opportunities with this team, but he just doesn't seem seem to have it. No. I mean, it, and he was never really drafted to be a power forward either. He was sort of converted to one last year with the Knicks and now forced to being one with the Blazers. And yeah. I, I don't really think that's the career move for him. I, I really don't. I, I don't really know what is, but it, it hasn't proved to be a po- it hasn't given positive returns. So far in his career, um, I guess if we're going to mention one other guy on this Blazers team, Anthony Simons, second-year guard at a high school, actually, um, he uh, has 16 points off the bench. He's not worth owning, though. Uh, he's not. It, 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 everyone's touted a lot. He got a lot of hype over the offseason, or I guess relative hype for a backup point guard. But people said that he looked really good. He has looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, so far, but he doesn't have the fantasy stat set to be relevant. So don't get too intoxicated with the high scoring mark off the bench here. He is not the answer to Portland's problems. Yeah, for sure. He's he has tons of potential, but yeah. I don't think I don't think this year is the year for him. He'll 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 be a definite own at some point, but yeah, let him let him develop and and see what they we'll see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, so that's going to be our box score breakdown tonight of uh, the Clippers-Blazers game, by the way. 45 seconds left. Looks like this has a chance to go to overtime. 
if that does happen, I, I don't think that you're going to see you're, I mean, you're just going to see the regulars for these two teams shut, handling the load. Uh, there's no pickups here. So yeah. if you have, if you have any of the, if you have any of the big hitters in this game, uh, I guess keep fingers crossed and hope for a big one, but that's going to do it for us uh, for tonight's edition. Uh, JC, where can we follow you? Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle at JC Deleon one. Uh, and then we talked about earlier, you can, um, I'm not handling the hoop ball Lakers Twitter. I don't know if I might later on. I haven't really asked. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, follow hoop ball Lakers as well. Yeah. And you can follow me at Alan Srokey on Twitter. That is a L a N S R O C H I. If you want to, uh, learn how to spell that last name, you can find me at, you just type into Google Alan at hoop ball and yeah give me a follow there i'd love to talk to some of you guys out there give some fantasy advice where i can and yeah that's gonna do it here jc it's been a pleasure my man uh you're welcome back on these pods anytime you feel we've really i've appreciated getting to do them with you yeah absolutely i think i'm sure there might be some switching around at some point or if someone needs a, a night off or whatever i might be able to jump in so yeah yeah it's been uh it's been good work working with you great stuff All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your day, and we will catch you here next week with David. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.